and welcome. You are listening to audio from Alba Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas, where our mission is to thrive together. Hey, well, thank you to our music team for leading us week in and week out in just incredible worship. Uh, I hope that you were able to jump in and join uh, with the team as we were uh, lifting up the name of Jesus together. Well, hey, here we are. We are beginning a brand new series, this brand new series that's called Not Today, Satan. I'm actually really excited. I don't know if you've been with us for really since the beginning uh, that we've been around as Alamo Hills Church. I don't think that I've done a series that focuses in on an Old Testament book yet, but we're going to be looking at the Ten Commandments and the beautiful truths that and love and, and promises that God gives us through these Ten Commandments. Today we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20. Actually, for the remainder of the series, that's where we're going to be as well. Um, So you can go ahead and turn there now if you'd like uh, as we embark on this journey together. Well, as I said, we're we're calling the series Not Today, Satan. Not Today. And I feel like that kind of sounds a little bit like a resolution, right? And it got me thinking, like, what's the deal with resolutions? Like, like, what's the deal with them? What's the hope and the goal uh, of us having these different goals that we set out for ourselves? I know that we're not in the new year yet, and maybe I should save this talk for January, but I, I feel like we're constantly giving ourselves resolutions, right? Like, we're constantly setting goals for our life, whether they be personal or whether they be professional goals at eating better, at exercising, uh, the goal to get that promotion that we've been working towards or, or getting a new job that we think might be better suited for us. We have goals to maybe even start dating unless you're married. Like, don't even go there. We have day in and day out goals that we set out for ourselves. Like even like to, uh, to the day. Like for example, I don't know if you have a coworker that just really kind of gets on your nerves a little bit. They, they keep getting the best of you. And so you make this goal, this resolution that I'm gonna make this conscious decision that I'm not gonna let her get to me today. I'm just not gonna let it happen. And then what, it happens, right? She makes that comment, he gives you that passive aggressive look and you say, you know what, not today, Satan, not today. So you take a breath, you walk away, you did really good and then something else happens and then something else and something else, it's always something, right? Have you ever noticed that whenever you make this decision to to be better, to be stronger, uh, to be patient, to, to be kinder, nicer. The world kicks it into high gear, right? Am I the only one who experiences this? Like, I'm sure that I'm not. When, when I make this concerted decision that I'm going to be a person who suffers long, a person who's patient, then I get all the red lights, I switch the lane on the highway, the one that actually ends up being more backed up than all the other lanes. I go to the grocery store and the aisles, all of them are all backed up into one another. The world is constantly happening around us. It's constantly testing our weakest link, right? Like day in and day out, we are tempted to fall 
into our sin nature. Day in and day out, we are tempted. Because using that sharp tongue sounds really nice. Being lazy seems really, really good. And I'm not talking about those days where, that we all need, the, the days where we just kind of Netflix and binge out watching an entire series in, in just a day. We, we all need to relax from time to time, but I think we all know when laziness turns into a sin. We see that being selfish, it looks too appealing. And so we just want to live these ways. We want to give into our lust, whatever it is that we're lusting for, whether it's lusting after an overindulgence in wine, lusting after sex, lusting after that, uh, that selfie or that social media post, whatever it is, temptations are real and temptations are deadly. And the scripture reminds us that temptations don't come from God. James tells us that it's our sin nature pulling us into the world. It's the enemy coming after us. And for the believer, for us, we kind of live in this two worlds, like in this dualism of reality, which makes things really interesting for us, uh, as if we need uh, more interesting things happening in our world today. But we Christians, we are citizens of heaven living as foreigners here on earth, and we're waiting to go home. We're waiting for our promised land. And here we are. Right now, we're in the interim period. We're in this interim, uh, and, and while we're here, it's of extreme importance, the way that we live today, as we journey on into this promised land. Did you hear that? The way that we live today, as we journey on into our promised land, is of extreme importance. Christians, see, we are on this journey. We're on this journey to this land that God has promised to those who believe. We're on our way to this new Jerusalem, this heavenly world. And by the way, if you're not familiar with these terms like the New Jerusalem or Promised Land, I want, to, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page here. So real quickly, let me just go ahead and share with you what I mean and what I'm talking about when I say that we are on this journey to our Promised Land, to this New Jerusalem. You see, when Jesus left earth, when he went up to heaven, that's what we call the ascension. And right before he ascended into heaven, he gave Christians a very clear instruction on how we are called to live in harmony with one another, in harmony with God, and with harmony, in harmony with the rest of the world. God says that we are to love him, to love God, and to love others as we love ourselves. This is the command. Those three things are the commands uh, that fulfill all the words of the prophets, all the commands that have ever been given. God says when you do these three things, you are fulfilling all of them. And so here we are now. We're on this 
journey. We're kind of in our wilderness. And Christians, we've been on this journey for the past 2,000 years or so. That, that was when the ascension happened. And the instructions were clear. Jesus said that we are to anticipate his return when he comes back to bring us home. And while we anticipate, he told us to go out to the ends of the earth, spreading the good news and baptizing others in the name of God and above all else always love. You see, where we are right now, this period of time, this is our waiting period, our, our journey period. And if we back it up a little bit further on into the Old Testament, we'll see that the people of God back in Exodus over 3,000 years ago, over 1,000 years before Jesus entered the scene, God's chosen people of that day, the, the Hebrews, they were on a journey to their promised land, this journey that took them 40 years. And in Exodus, Exodus tells us that, that the Hebrew people, they were enslaved by the Egyptians for over 400 years. And God freed his people from this slavery in a very dramatic kind of made-for-TV kind of way. You can go back and read it in Exodus if you'd like. But they were now free. They were on their way to their promised land, this, this land that the scriptures say they were flowing with milk and honey. It's interesting because if you look at a map of where theologians believe that the, uh, that the Hebrews left Egypt and then their journey over to where the promised land is, if you kind of just Google map it and you kind of click the, the walking distance, it probably should have taken them like two weeks max, even if there were thousands or hundreds of thousands or like a million people. Like we're talking two weeks max, but it took them 40 years to get there. They waited 40 years. And here we are, waiting now over 2,000 years to get to our promised land. But whatever, I mean, they were like in a desert where it's hot and then it's cold. It was gross and then dirty. They were hangry for 40 years. Most of us watching right now, a lot of us watching here in our, our, our waiting period, it's not that bad. Like in our waiting periods, we've got AC in the room that we're in or wherever we're watching. In our waiting periods, we've got uh, Fiesta Texas and SeaWorld and Disney. So it's not as bad. But, but either way, in the 40 years that the Hebrews were waiting Almost right away, the people of God, they started to go a little crazy. Like they start sinning against God, there's strife and complaining. There's even in Exodus chapter 16, verse 3, they even say, man, I, I want to go back into slavery. Let's go back to Egypt because at least there we were able to eat all the meat we wanted. Y'all, they were hangry. And so in their waiting, as they were on their journey, God gave his people very clear instruction on how they're called 
to live in harmony with God, with one another, and with the rest of the world. He gave them the Ten Commandments. And friends, in the same way, in the same way you and I, we're kind of in our wilderness right now. We're on our way to the promised land, the, the land of heaven. And it matters, y'all. It, it matters how we live right now. It matters that we live a life that's pleasing to God. It matters that we be a people who live in harmony with God, who live in harmony with one another, and who live in harmony with the rest of the world. It matters how we live today. And it matters not because of the way that we live and not because it, it brings us salvation. Listen, uh, following a, and obeying a long list of rules and laws, that doesn't give you salvation. But your salvation informs the way you live. Did you get that? Like your eternity your salvation, it informs the way that you live. And God, he gave us his secret for living. He gave us a secret, his secret for thriving today. And it's in the Ten Commandments. By the way, Jesus, he affirms the need for the people of God to continuously spread and pursue this kind of holy living. It's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything has been accomplished. Until, Jesus says, until I come back to bring you home. Friends, these Ten Commandments, I hope that in this series, that you see them as gifts. Because they are. They're not something to fear. The Ten Commandments aren't something to just scoff at and move on. But they're gifts of living, ways that we can live in this beautiful harmony, this God-created harmony. You see, our God, He's always cared about us intimately. He's always cared about us day to day, second by second. He cares for us. God's never been aloof. He's never been away, distant, or gone, but he's always been near, close, and dear to us. His love has always been with us. Amen? You see, this law of God's love, these Ten Commandments that God has chosen to, to do His work. This is how He's chosen to do His acts among the world through this love and justice that He's called us to live by. He, he's chosen human hands to be the ones that are bringing His law of love, that are bringing His law of justice to those around us. See, we have been given the keys to further this cause of God. And God shows us just how to do this. So that when the world tries to rear her ugly face at us, we get to say, 
not today. Satan, not today. Y'all, this was always God's desire for creation since even before the beginning of time, he wanted to create this world and everything in it to be filled with his glorious love, with his glorious peace and joy. He wanted his own beautiful deity to be reflected in humanity. He wanted his beautiful deity to be reflected by the expansiveness of the ocean, the, the majesty of the mountains, the wonder of the Seguras in Arizona. Imagine, y'all, just for a minute, imagine what life would be like today if Adam and Eve told Satan, not today. Not today, Satan. Imagine. We'd all be just happy, ignorant, nudists swimming with the sharks. Isn't that something? Do you believe in a God who is the creator of all things? Do you believe in that God? Because if so, then we need to understand that God, as the creator, he didn't end creating at Genesis 1. You see, in Genesis 1, we see that God created all things in his created order. He was up in the cosmos, in, in heaven, and he ordered everything that we see to exist. And as a creator, he continues to create, and he very much cares for his creation. So much so that we as Christians, as we pray the way that Jesus taught us to pray, as we say, God, your kingdom come on earth just as it is in heaven. That heaven coming down to earth, it's made real and it's made tangible when the people of God live the way God has intended us to live with one another and with the world. So that as we live this way that God has chosen for us to live on earth. See, when we, when we live after God, we then become the agents being used by God to answer our own prayer of God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this law, these 10 commandments, they prove that God has chosen you and me to be an answer to our own prayer. That's kind of a lot, right? I know that it is. So let me just give you a quick summary of what I have been talking about here. See, these 10 gifts, these commands, they prove that God loves every single detail of our lives. He wants us to thrive second by second. And so for God, 
The Ten Commandments were ways of getting humanity back to the former way of living, the the way of living before sin came in and infected all of creation. God, he wanted to give humanity the ingredients that if followed, even with the turbulence of the world coming in, I mean, did anybody else out there see the craziness that was our presidential debate? It's like, God, come quickly. See, even when the turbulence around the world happens with Satan, the scriptures say, going around the earth seeking who he can devour. Even in the midst of all this mess, God has given his own people the ingredients that if followed, we would live in this harmony with God, with one another, and with the rest of of the world and he gave us an insight he gave us his secrets he gave us his gifts to live the way he's intended us to live friends that's why we're doing the series that's why we're doing the series on the Ten Commandments, and that's why we're calling it Not Today, Satan, because when we live in this way, when we live in God's way, there is no room for the devil to try to creep in. Amen? And so that's the goal here. And the first gift, God says, it's in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. The first gift is you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. Let's go ahead and hang out here just for a moment. And notice, listen to what God is saying here. He's showing us that he's not living in some sort of alternative false reality where he refuses to believe that people are worshiping a false and fake God all around him. He's not living in some alternative reality where he refuses to see that this is going on. He gets it. He sees his very own creation succumbing to these false gods. I mean, have you ever met somebody who refuses just absolutely refuses to hear and see the reality around them. Like reality can be slapping them in the face and they're just like, nope, doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Have you ever met somebody else like that? You go around looking at them like, what do you mean? How do you not see what's going on? Are you living under a rock? See, God, he's not refusing to acknowledge that people are serving these fake God's, he sees it, y'all, and it breaks his heart. He's watching his very own creation fall into the ways that these gods are calling them into, the gods of greed, of lust, hatred, jealousy. And he sees the stronghold that these things are having over them, and his heart is breaking for us. That's why he looks at his people and he says, you You, my people, I am the Lord your God, verse 2, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And he says, you shall have no other gods before me. God proclaims, I am he, I am your people, I am your God, and you are my People, this is the promise. He's saying, I am the one who got you out of slavery. I am your God. You are free now. And he says, you shall have no other gods before me because you are 
free. If we go back and we try to understand how the Hebrew people would have heard this beautiful gift of God, they would have understood God to, to tell them these two things. First, God saying, don't you dare bring these false fake gods into my presence. Don't you dare bring them into my sanctuary. Don't you dare bring them before my face. And second, the Hebrew people, they would understand God to say, you're now free from the bondage of slavery that these fake gods had over your life. See, God, he's freeing his people from the heavy burden of pleasing all of these different gods, the gods of wealth, prestige, influence, the gods that bring division, strife, hatred, jealousy, backstabbing. God says, you're free. Y'all, we are free. God says, when you place no other gods before me, when you invite no other gods into your heart, just me, you are free. Y'all, what a gift. What a gift. Martin Luther, before the king, Martin Luther uh, wrote a book called The Small Catechism. You should give it a read. It's really uh, insightful. And he talks about the Ten Commandments and tries to explain them. And the cool thing about the small catechism is Martin Luther actually wrote it uh, so that parents can teach their kids about the Christian faith. Um, so definitely pick it up. It's a really good read. But here's what he had to say about this first commandment. He says, when we have no other gods before the one true God, it means that we revere, we love, and we trust in God above all things. Did you get that? When we have no other gods before the one true God, it means that we revere, we love, and we trust God above all things. That means when, when the world tries to come after you, when we are downcast and, and low, we, we trust in this God who will lift us up. And above all else, Above all else, this commandment right here is the most important one out of the ten. See, because this is when the scales begin to fall from our eyes. It's LASIK surgery for the sinner. See, when we have no other gods before the one true God, that's when we begin to look out at the world through the lens of God our ethic, our worldview. We're looking at all of creation, our very own life. We see it through the lens of God. Churchgoers, do you remember that beautiful hymn uh, that we used to sing or that we still sing? It says, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was blind, but now I see. I see that it's you Yahweh, it's you, Lord of lords, a God that has been made manifest through the one and only Son, Jesus Christ, that's now living over and covering and living inside the believer through the Holy Spirit. You see, we are free. We can see now. We have the gift of no longer being bound to every random wind of false 
doctrines that blow from here to there so that if that person's judging me or this person's disappointed in me, we believe in the truth that God says that, that we, that I am all together lovely. So that if he walks out on you, we believe that God has never left our side. When we're worried about the path that our kid seems to be going down, we get to rest in the freedom that we serve this big God and nothing is impossible to those who believe. Yo, we have, whenever our faith and confidence in our job or our employer, it gets pulled like a rug from underneath us and we begin to be worried like who in the world is going to hire me during a pandemic? We get to rest in the confidence of the Creator because He doesn't quit creating things. He's continuing to create this perfect fit for you right now. We get to trust in this God as a believer. And the words that he said when he said that, that he will never see the righteous forsaken, he'll never see us begging for bread. And so as we stay in the Father's hand, y'all, he is brewing something up real nice for you because he never quit creating. So we just wait on the Lord. We smell that sweet aroma that God is at work for our good pleasure, for his good will in our lives. Y'all, this is the gift of having no other gods before our God. And we get to say hallelujah. Y'all, we get to say hallelujah. You can say that with me wherever you are. And if you're streaming right now and you're at the gym listening to uh, this podcast, you can even whisper hallelujah if you'd like because hallelujah is filled with so many promises of God. As we say hallelujah, we're saying, God, I trust you. God, I lay all other false gods aside and away and it's you alone, God. You alone are my God. You, God, you give this perfect peace. And we say hallelujah to the Lord of lords. Amen? Friends, that's my prayer for, for me. It's, it's my prayer for all of us that we would come awake to this incredible freedom, that, that we would come alive to this precious gift that, that God is claiming us. He, he's saying that you are mine and I am yours. And so we get to lay all of these heavy burdens down. We get to lay down all of these false gods that are trying to pull us away. And we get to take up Jesus. We get to take up our perfect Christ, and we get to live in this wonderful confidence that He is yours and you are His. And no one and no thing can pluck you from the Father's hand. And so we say with confidence, we say, not today, Satan. Not today and not Ever. Amen. 
And so friends, let's start this series right. This is the first and greatest commandment out of the 10 that we're about to go over together in this journey of the series that we're on. And it's, it's the most important because this is where it starts. When we say yes to Jesus, when we say, God, there is no God but you. And we ask him to come into our lives. If you haven't done that yet, I'd love to be able to join that journey with you if you'd allow me. I'd love for all of us to celebrate with you. If you want to say, yeah, like type yes, Jesus in the chat, uh, you can do that now. Or if you'd like just a more one-on-one -on -one opportunity for me to just chat with you, I would love that experience and that opportunity to walk with you and to journey with you. It would be an opportunity of a lifetime to join you in this incredible life that God has for us as we continue to see and try to understand together what it means to live this way that God has called us to live. And so if you'd like a more one-on-one -on -one opportunity, just me and you, you can text me right now. If you just text yes Jesus to 94090. And that'll go directly to my cell phone. And I'll love to connect with you. See, when we say yes to Jesus. This is the main ingredient of living the blessed life. Amen. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word of truth. Thank you for giving us this gift of living at peace with you, God, and at peace with one another. God, would you help us every single day God, every single day and all throughout the day, I feel like I have to reprogram my mind through your spirit to continuously put you, God, at the forefront of my life. Would you forgive me when I've fallen and when I've failed because it happened, it's happened so many times. God, thank you that you are faithful and you are just to forgive us of our sins whenever we ask. I pray for my friends and those who are watching right now and listening. God, would you continue to draw them closer to you right now and every single day, God? Would you let them know that they are not alone, that they are never alone because you are always near and you always protect us, love us, guide us. Lord, help us to keep our eyes fixed and focused on you and thank you for the precious gift that is these 10 commandments, God so we can learn how to live this life, this life of thriving in you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again for joining in. We're going to continue on our series on into the second commandment next week where we talk about idols. And I don't know if you uh, have ever met somebody who, who tries to force God to fit into their worldview or force God to, or some, some random scripture to fit into their politics or into their bias or even into their sin. Well, God has a lot to say about that. And we're going to talk about that next week. So I want to invite you to come back in and you can even invite any of your political posting friends uh, to watch as well. It's going to be a really nice, fun, spicy one as we jump in on that together. Well, have a great week. I can't wait to see you then. Uh, but until then, know that Alamo Hills is always here with you and for you as we continue to, to thrive together in Christ. Love you guys. Have a great week.
If you'd like to check out more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit www.alamohills.church.